Father, we come before you this morning um, anticipating your spirit to speak to us through your word. And Father, as, um, as we focus on the eternal truths that you have communicated to us in your word, may we take them seriously. Father, may we take them to heart. And, oh God, may you transform us and renew our mind. Make us think like Jesus thinks. Make us love like Jesus loves. Make us desire like Jesus desires this morning. That is our prayer, oh God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, show of hands this morning to start off. Has anybody in here ever played paintball? Paintball. All right, paintball is where you, okay, a few of you. Uh, it's where you have a, a gun with CO2 compressed air that shoots little balls about, look like marbles, filled with paint that are in a fragile shell that when they hit you, they hurt. I mean, they break. <laughs> and then you get paint on your clothing or on your body or in your mouth, depending on uh, where it hits. Years ago, I went with this church group when I was the youth pastor, uh, and we took a group to somewhere in Livingston Parish, and uh, we played paintball together. And the name of the game was Capture the Flag, and uh, in this abandoned bus, old rundown bus, uh, there were two flags and uh, if your team could send an individual or a group into the bus to get your flag and bring it back to your base before the other team could or before time expired, you would win. Well, I had strategy, y'all. My strategy was wait until people get hit. And once you got hit, you were, you were out. You do. So I was going to wait until lots of people got out and then I was going to make a dash at the end. Well, worked pretty well. I got down to about the last uh, five minutes in the match, and I snuck in and snuck in, and I made it inside the bus. I'm proud of your pastor. And I grabbed the flag, and I thought, I got this. And so I took that flag and my gun, and I started running, running. And all of a sudden, my back started hurting. Is that? And the back of my head started hurting. Like, what is going on? My strategy didn't work so great, and uh, I did not win. Uh, and I got out. And I, I think about that because I, I want to I project that idea to a real battle. So now, one more show of hands. Have any of you ever volunteered or served in our armed forces um, in the um, military for the United States. Anybody ever served or been in? Thank you. Is Steve our only one? And Brian, yes. Brian, who's stepped out. So two of you guys, thank you for what you've done. We honor you and appreciate y'all's sacrifice. Let's project that same story to the real conflict, the real battle. I wouldn't be here today. It, it, it's a real battle. And if, if I make one mistake, one strategic um, misstep, 
then it's, it's not paint on the back of my shirt and my head. It, it's blood. And I've lost my life because it's a real battle. So this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like for you and I to consider how do we take spiritual warfare? Which, which world are we in? That makes sense? Are we in, in spiritual paintball? Or are we in spiritual warfare? Yeah. You, get, you get, my, get where I'm going with this. And, and this is what I want us to consider with where you are today and then where you are moving forward. Do you treat spiritual warfare like a paintball game or like your life or somebody else's eternal life depended on it? If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. With that in our mind, the Bible is, gives us two passages amongst many others. We read one earlier. But two passages that talk about equipping ourselves for battle, for spiritual battle. One of them is 1 Thessalonians 5. And then the other one you're probably more familiar with because it's, uh, it gets a lot more publicity for it. Is, anybody know where it is? Ephesians chapter, chapter 6. It's not on the shirt, but that's where the bulk of uh, the, the message that we'll be talking about for Kingdom Keepers comes from is Ephesians chapter 6. This week, our children in this community and in this church are going to be learning about spiritual warfare. So teachers, if you're here this morning, we're, we're praying for you. And we want you to, you to communicate this, this in, a, in a great effort to our children that spiritual warfare is real. It's not a game. It is real. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Beginning in verse 4. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. In other words, you're not in the dark. You have knowledge. You have information. You have awareness to keep you awake and aware Verse 5, for you are all children of what? Children of light, children of the, of the dead. It's not unknownness. We don't live in the dark where, where there's darkness hides. We live in the light. We're children of the day. Verse 6, so then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us, what church? Keep awake and be what? Be sober. We'll talk about that word sober. Stay awake. Stay vigilant. If you remember Jesus' parable to the ten virgins, do you remember? Right? Right at the end, one of the last parables he told. Parable of ten virgins. Keep your lights trimmed. Be ready. Be awake. Be aware. This is a big theme here. Let's keep reading. Verse 7, for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. 
This week, our, our teachers and our children and all of those in our VBS ministry this week are going to be singing the lyrics that I read to you right now. There are two kingdoms, but they're not the same. There's only one kingdom that will never change. There's a kingdom of lies, fear, and shame, and a kingdom of truth where Jesus reigns. Let me read that last line again. We'll be singing this every day, mind you, more than likely, every day. There's a kingdom of lies, fear, and shame. That's a kingdom. That is a place where someone dwells. It's where their mind is. It's where people think. It's how people act. It's how people make decisions. There's a dominion of fear, of lies, and of shame that can rule over anybody. But then there's a kingdom of Jesus. There's a kingdom of truth that can rule over individuals and draw them into the kingdom of Christ. What is this talk of kingdom? Does it make sense to you? Maybe I can simplify it just a bit. What does every kingdom have? Every kingdom has a king. Y'all are smart. Every kingdom has a king. And what does a king do? A king rules. Oh, man. Y'all don't need me this morning. A king rules. What is ruling over the hearts of those that are not in Christ? My desires? Sin? I've heard your answer. Fear? Shame? Regret? Depression? Pleasure or pleasure-seeking? Sensual desires? Those are ruling over lots of people in this world and maybe even in this room. There's a dominion of sin over people's hearts. But we've learned as a church something about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And, and we've got a definition. I'm going to repeat it. And, and if, if you know it, please repeat it with me. The kingdom of God is God ruling and reigning in the hearts of his. Y'all are good. Y'all got it today. There are two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of lies, fear and shame and a kingdom of truth where Jesus reigns over the hearts of his people. So the kingdom of God are those who have who have repented of their sin. Jesus, I don't want to be ruled by sin or the power of sin any longer. I recognize who I am, but I'm not who I want to be. I want to be in Christ now. And those who have repented of that life and that that kingdom rule over us, we have said, I'm going to be under the rule and reign of Christ now. And now I am in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here now. Come in. And for anyone... Anyone, no matter what you have done, said, not done, Jesus can save any sinner and draw them into the kingdom of Christ if you will come. I think I heard amen. Amen. We are the kingdom keepers. That's what the church says. We are kingdom keepers of the kingdom. And there's a, a biblical principle in that. 
And, and here's what we must remember. The Bible says the devil roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. Somebody told me a story this week about when they were younger and they felt a presence of darkness that was so real to them that it led them later to realize the importance of spiritual battle in their lives, in their life. The devil is roaming around, as it were, like a, a roaring lion ready to pounce. We are keepers of the kingdom. And if we are not girded up, if we are not properly trained and properly equipped, we will be lion's meat, if you know what I'm saying. The Apostle Paul called it shipwreck. He said, how many have made shipwreck of their faith because they were not equipped or ready to navigate the seas? If you, if you practice your warfare like it's paintball, get ready. We are under daily attack. There will be loss in this battle. Our church lost a great man on Friday. A deacon, a servant, a model in so many ways, a man of strength. When I first came to this church, he's one of the first men who believed in me. Who supported me. Who made sacrifices to help me. He was a keeper of the kingdom. He saw somebody that was young and foolish in a lot of ways. And said, I'm going to help this guy. And he did. He was a keeper of the kingdom. There will be loss. Let me give you some principles this morning in the scripture. That we need to have, if we are to be equipped and ready for the real world battle of spiritual warfare. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Uh, the first one you heard a couple times, and that is this. You need to be aware. You need to be awake. You need to be sober. Now that word, the Greek word, nepho, is the word for sober. And it's going to be used multiple times. It's a principle that we don't really think about a whole lot. We don't teach a whole lot at church. Hey, Amen. Be sober. Be sober-minded. Be awake. Be, be ready. We, we teach a lot of things, but, but I, at least I don't teach that a whole lot, and I, and I should. Because one of the, the undergirding principles of spiritual warfare, y'all, is this. We've got to be aware of what's going on. So many times we just, we're in our own little cloud. Living our own little dream. And we're not focused or dialed in to what we need to be dialed into. To the reality that, look, there, there's somebody, there are going to be children in this room, in this church, that if they don't hear of the message of Jesus clearly from this church, they may never hear it again and spend eternity in hell. 
There will be parents that will be in our building that need to hear the message that Jesus saves sinners that repent. And if they don't hear it, their soul may be lost forever. And, and the Lord has put us here to proclaim that church. Amen? Amen. That's our job. We sang songs this morning that proclaimed the, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is a message we need to proclaim, not merely inside these walls, but to people at your office, at your store, at your school, and in your house, and on your street. Be aware. Sometimes we just aren't aware. We're not awake. We're not ready. Let's continue on in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. We're still here. It says, having put on the breastplate, breastplate of what? Help me out, church. You see that? The breastplate of what? All right, let me see if anybody's out there. Some of y'all are teaching the breastplate this week, and what is it? Breastplate of what? Righteousness. Wait a second. Did I read that wrong? What does it say up there? It says faith and love, right? Now, my, my teachers this week, VBS teachers, maybe they're missed, but they just said it was the breastplate of, of righteousness. So what's going on here? we got a lot going on here. This is good. Item number two is, look, faith, love, righteousness. There are spiritual things, spiritual concepts that we have to know are there for us. To not only protect us, but to equip us for the battle that we're in. Alright. Principle number one is we've got to be aware. We've, we have to be always aware. Looking around ready for the opportunity to do what, what we are supposed to do. We're keepers of the kingdom. We're guarding the kingdom of God. We're protecting the saints. We're advancing to the lost. Two principles. We're aware. Secondly, faith, love, righteousness. They're, these are our spiritual principles that are there to, to help us. Now, what does a breastplate do? Teachers, y'all can help me out. What's a breast, breastplate do? Yeah, protects us, right? It protects the vital organs that keep us alive. That's what a breastplate does. It is meant to keep us going. And keep us in the battle. To keep us doing what God has called us to do. And there are a couple of ways in which that happens. Let me, let me go to Ephesians 6. Which was the righteousness portion. And, and tie us back to a, a couple of, of scripture verses there. But as we'll see in the Proverbs. Um, Proverbs specifically 13 verse 6. Says this. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless. But sin overthrows the wicked. Did y'all hear that? Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless. So there are two ways to think of this breastplate of righteousness. Either it's the righteousness of Christ that brings us our salvation. Or it's the righteous living that we live that, that guards us. And I, and I think you could apply it either way. But I, I think the best application of this is... If we, Christian, you, Christian, if you are aware of what's going on and live your life in a way that walks in righteousness, what the scripture teaches us is that protects our lives 
and allows us to continue doing what we need to do. Did you know that sin can disqualify you from ministry? Did you know that? Did you know that there is a a desire from the evil one to make you fall into sin so that you are not able to serve him properly? If I've ever talked to you uh, about this, you, you know what I'm talking about. I, every time I hear of a pastor who has had an inappropriate relationship or has had sin fall in their lives, it terrifies me. Because I know that that pastor, when he gave his life to ministry and to following what God had, his, he, he never thought that would be where he'd end up that day. But more than likely, that pastor was not guarding. He wasn't sober-minded and aware, and something slipped in, and he is disqualified now from the ministry that God has called him to do. Y'all pray for me. I I don't want that to be me. Please, pray for me. I want to continue to do the work that God has called me to do. I want to be protected by a, a, a fence of righteousness if I can. And so brothers and sisters, I need your help to say, look, you need to watch this. You need to be careful. I need you to help protect me and and you need me to help protect you. And I've had very difficult conversations with folks because I care about you. And I've had to warn some people of roads they were walking down because I want the best for them and I'm willing to. Do something about it. Righteousness is something that guards and protects the work that we're in. Let's keep going. I could be here all day, but y'all wouldn't like that. I heard this week. 1 John 5, verse 4 to 5. Look at this passage. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. I went backwards, Wayne. I'm sorry. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. What did we sing this morning, Belinda? I asked you to sing a song. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory. Speaks of of the armor of God, the equipping of the, the things that the Lord has given us to allow us to do the work that we need to be doing. How many of y'all have ever faced an instance where you didn't believe what the Bible said was true? Anybody? Y'all a bunch of liars. Nobody raise your hand. Because we do it all the time. We, we think we know what the Bible says. And sometimes we just think, oh, but that's... Uh, not sure that's really what I need to do. And we find ways to circumnavigate or redefine things. Y'all pray for the Southern Baptist Convention this week. This starting tomorrow. Decisions will be made on how we interpret certain passages of Scripture. Pray for the Southern Baptist Convention. The victory that overcomes the world is by faith believing that the Word of God is true. Sometimes we believe that 
being in a, uh, and this is spiritual battle. Y'all want like practical stuff? Here you go. You are faced with a temptation that partaking in an activity, whether it's taking something you shouldn't take, saying something you shouldn't say, touching something you shouldn't touch, seeing something you shouldn't see, dwelling on something you shouldn't dwell on, you are tempted regularly to do something that you should not do and you know that you shouldn't be doing it because God's word says don't. And you wrestle in your mind. Well, oh, all this wants. It's not that big of a deal. That's a spiritual battle. And that temptation when it comes is drawing you away, trying to draw you out of the kingdom and out of the current in which God has navigated your ship thus far to say, oh, just come on. Spiritual battle. But faith is the victory. We believe what God has given us. Here's another one. Has God called us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. Have you done it recently? For some of you, that answer is probably no. Why? Spiritual warfare. Let's keep going in verse 8, back to 1 Thessalonians 5. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us a helmet of salvation. If you will, Wayne, will you go back to verse 8 one more time? I want to look at the end of that. I want you all to see this. He's given us a helmet of salvation. Read it for me, church. For a helmet for the what? Hope of salvation. You see that? These are not accidental words. Now in Ephesians 6, it just says the helmet of salvation. But here, we we put this together and it says the helmet of what? The hope of salvation. As a Christian, hope is priceless for us. But here's what you need to know. Where does hope come from? Where does hope come from? And this is the answer you need to know. Hope is part of our spiritual makeup. Hope is part of our spiritual battle. All right. You've seen the movies. Maybe you've been a part of a sports team. And you go to, you're in the locker room, and, and enter the coach. And you're playing the number one team in the district or the state. And what does the coach do? He comes in and he says, man, they're better than you. Y'all are pathetic. You can't do this. Right? That's what every coach does. He dashes the hopes of victory. Maybe in wrestling, maybe that's what they do. You're pathetic, man. No. The coach comes in and he says, we can do this. 
We can make the shots to win the game. You can play good defense. They put on their shorts just like you do. They're just people. You go out and do the best that you can. You give your ability. You give your all. And we can win this game. At least that's the coach that I had. You don't go on the court or the field to lose the game. What's Kentucky's coach telling their players? Oh, last night they just got lucky. Y'all come out, y'all win that game today. They don't have that picture today. You, got, you get to face somebody not as good. That's what he's telling them. Giving them hope. Where does hope come from spiritually? Romans 5.5 5 tells you that answer. I'm glad that you asked that. Romans 5.5, 5, the Bible tells us hope is vital in any battle. Hope is vital. And where does it come from? And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through whom? The Holy Spirit has been given to us. God's love has been poured into us by the Holy Spirit. And it produces the hope that we need to fight the battle. Let me back up just a bit. Some of us in our battle, in our spiritual battle... Have not progressed very far. We're not terribly engaged. In fact, we may not even be at paintball stage. We may, might be sitting, sitting on the couch, turning on Saving Private Ryan, or whatever your other favorite war movie is. We're, we're sitting on the couch watching. We're so far disconnected. The, the Spirit of God pours into our hearts the strength to fight the battles we need to fight. Y'all, we, there is a battle to fight. It, the Lord did not call us to sit on a couch and watch other Christians. Be keepers of the kingdom. He's called us to be keepers of the kingdom. And he has gifted you and me in ways accordingly. Our Sunday school class, we looked at, at how they were giving according to their measure. Or according to how God had given them. According to how they were able, they gave to the famine. And to the poverty of that region. Church, God has gifted you in certain ways. I couldn't do this, but God has gifted men of our church to do this part. And I can tell you, some of the men who did this, the last thing in the world they want to be doing is standing where I am and talking. God has gifted us in ways, but, but sitting on the couch is not a gift. That's just lazy, right? I don't know if anybody's got to, to sit on the couch. That doesn't mean if you can't move that you can't serve. That means maybe your gift right now is, is praying for people. Maybe your gift is encouragement. Where you're using your words to, to contact the people who will be working this week and saying, look, I, make a difference for me. I can't be there this week. I have to work. Make a difference for me. Do my part. And maybe you're part of the encouragement ministry. 
There are a lot of ways to give, but, but just being disconnected, that's not assuming the role of bound. And this is not to try to shame anybody. Please don't hear this. This is an encouragement to say we all have a part and God has given us a part in this. All right. Let's now go to Ephesians quickly. I'm going to read this. Um, if you want more about this, man, our teachers this week will uh, fill you in. There's so much good going on here. Let me read the passage. And then I want to get to the end of the passage with the time that I have left. Because there are two things that I think are important as we think about the, the wholeness of God has given us character traits. He's given us hope. He's given us awareness. He's given us faith. He's given us righteousness to guard our ways. He's given us all of these things that you know and you've studied in the Bible to be a part, not just so we can be happy on our couch, but so we can be equipped and ready to do the work of the kingdom. Kingdom work. All right, so let me read Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Soldiers, Listen up. Be strong. Do you hear him? Christians are not the weak. We're not the weak minded. We are the strong. Those willing to stand up for God's truth. To defend it. To fight for each other. Brian, I want to fight for you. I care about you. And I want you to know Christ. Are we doing that for each other? Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. I read Isaiah 41.10 earlier. Fear not for I am with you. Why does it matter if God is with me if I'm laying on my, my couch? It, it doesn't. God is with us in the battle. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you see it? He is strengthening us for the work of the kingdom. Invest, O oh Christian. Invest into the kingdom. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, the wiles, the plans of the devil. Spiritual battle... It's not like the cartoons. Spiritual battle happens in our minds every day. When temptation comes. When, when laziness creeps in. When distraction creeps in. When priorities are off. When unawakeness takes over our minds. We must stand against the schemes of the devil. When there are schemes that want to teach our children and our young adults harmful practices. Older generation, we need you to stand firm and encourage our young people. This is not the best way for you. We need you. When the older generation is, is tempted to say, well, I don't know, I'm, I can't do anything, I'm, 
I'm, it's somebody else's turn to do it all. I can't do it. We need the younger generation to say, we need you, older generation. We need your wisdom. The glory of you is your wisdom, is your gray hair. We read that in the Proverbs this week. The glory of the young man is his what? His strength. We read that this week. We need each other. We need strength and wisdom together to stand against the schemes of the evil one. Verse 12. All right, my wrestle boys, here you go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against rulers. And that word is archaic. That means spiritual sources. That's what it means. The word archaic, it's, it's, if something's archaic, that means it's been around forever. It's the source of things. I'll explain that was, what that is very quickly. Uh, we are battling against sources that source evil ideas and evil plans and evil schemes. These are demonic powers that regularly source out. Why do you think all of the things that are rising in our culture and around the world are rising? They're sourced somewhere. These are demonic things that your kids, grandkids are facing every single day. They are sourced demonically. You are battling against the sources, the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers that are over this present darkness. The, the mindset of our, our age, the prevailing ideas and powers against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places or in the spiritual places. So here it is, y'all. Please, please, please. Get off the spiritual couch and get into the spiritual battlefield. The church needs us. We need each other to be kingdom keepers. I love the fact that our church stands up and invests into Bible school every year. Church, you rise up. First Peter chapter five, let me read this passage to you and then we will finish. Be sober minded, be watchful, be sober minded. There it is again. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What's the command here? Resist him. Ephesians six says it like this. Stand firm. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. And after you have suffered a while, there will be loss. And after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, help me out church, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the what? The glory forever and ever. And, and that word glory, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Dominion. When someone has dominion, what do they have? They have rule and authority. We are fighting the battle because in the end, we know how it ends. Come on, somebody. We know how it ends. Jesus Christ wins. Amen. 
And we are on his team in his kingdom. There will be loss. As in any battle, there is loss. But we must be willing to assume that. Oh, Christian, just go back and look at those who were willing to give their lives for the sake of the gospel. All of the apostles gave their lives and suffered greatly for the sake of Christ because they knew he was true. There are, there are saints in Nigeria today that well, I'm giving you the statistics through half a year. It's jaw-dropping, those giving their lives because they're proclaiming Christ. We are keepers of the kingdom. So what do we do? What do we do? Let me finish this passage. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Therefore, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, the truth that guides us. And put on the breastplate of righteousness and, and shoes for your feet. The readiness given by the gospel of peace. We're willing to go. We Believe in a gospel that goes, not in a gospel that stays, but in a gospel that goes and we're willing to take it. Oh, so much good scripture supporting that. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming what? The darts, spiritual temptations that are coming your way day after day after day. It's not worth it, he says. It's not worth it. I was tempted this week with, it's not worth it. Anybody else? I know you were. It is worth it. He is worth it. And take the helmet of salvation, the helmet of hope for salvation. Let me get to this. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this is where I want to close this out. This is your application. Take it. The sword of the spirit. How do you know if you're on the couch? Because you haven't taken up the sword of the spirit. People on the couch are not wielding their weapon. They have their legs crossed and the remote. Church, are you wielding the sword of the spirit? Are you on the battlefield with your, your weapon ready? And this is, a, and I'll give you an easy test. It's, have you read your Bible this week? Have you tried to memorize scripture? Have you tried to equip your heart and your mind to battle temptation by reading the word of God? I mean, I, I, it's a pretty good symbol of where you are. If you're there or if you're there, have you read your Bible? Let me keep going. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Have your prayers been, oh God, equip me to serve somebody today. Equip me to battle truth today. Equip me to, to save some young person from the, the lies they're being told by being able to tell them a way that God created people in this way for these purposes. That God can guard your, your path by, by not doing things that are explicitly prohibited in the scripture. 
Are you, are you praying that way? Or are your prayers, God, give me a good day? Yeah. Give me a good day, God. Amen. Amen. I'm ready. That's a couch prayer. And I'm not trying to be ugly. But that's a, that's a couch prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you asking you to equip us for the battle. Lord, let us not be couch Christians. Let us be battlefield Christians. Oh God, convert us, change us, transform us, put us on the battlefield. Lord, we are willing to assume the loss. Put us on the battlefield. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.